You know, it's true. God actually takes note to how it is we react to the one called Jesus Christ. Now, this is a very interesting topic in Luke chapter 9. It's very interesting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV in about two minutes. We're going to study that. We're going to look at it and understand what God is telling us. It's very, very good. Corey and Ryder here. Corey? All right. Well, today I'm going to be taking a look at Herod or Herod's or Herod's the king, Herod Tetrarch, so many Herods. We're going to be parsing that out today. Ryan? Well, today I'm going to be looking at Luke chapters 9 and 11 because some claim that Jesus made contradictory statements in these passages. Well, actually, Jesus made a lot of contradictory statements. That's going to be very good. They're coming up in about 17 minutes. Janice? Today he sought to see him. All right. Very good. Open up your Bible guide and your Bible and let's listen to what God the Father has spoken to us today. Luke 9, 1 through 11. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had risen from the dead, and by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. Herod said, John I have beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? So he sought to see him. And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. You know, Luke 9 and 10 is great. I, I love the gospel of Luke written by a doctor, a Gentile. And this is amazing. The kingdom of God offers us so much more than this world ever could. God's forgiveness and redemption. It gives us an amazing hope for the future, eternal future. As we read the Gospels, there is a lot of talk about the kingdom of God. And we will learn that without it, we are in a severe problem. You see, our citizenship as Christians, our alliance needs to be to the kingdom of God rather than to any earthly place. Humanity will always fail us. I mean, without God, humanity offers us strained hope. 
very strange. Now, it's interesting to me that God has designed this time in history as a time of invitation, as welcoming as many people as possible into his kingdom. However, this time of grace won't last forever. It's coming to an end. Jesus will return to judge the nations of the world and bring all the citizens of his kingdom fully into his kingdom. Christ will reign. Now, which side will we find ourselves on? Do we allow this truth to change the way we evangelize? Do we allow this truth to change the way we pray? How about the way we act, the way we speak to those who do not know? And let me tell you something. This is really important. As we focus on this, we need to consider, Lord Jesus, help us to consider this that your truth and the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is the most important thing ever. Take your Bible guide. If you don't have one, call us or write to us and we'll send you one. Or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com as we look at the kingdom of God from Luke chapter 9, 11 verses here. Uh, you can also go to Bible Discovery TV and click on the page. It'll take you to a place where you will see how to get it. And when you do so, the, the, uh, the Lord will speak to your heart, whatever he speaks to your heart. Thank you for your giving and uh, your blessing. And Father, I pray today that you would help the people and understand that by giving to you, they are giving to their future. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their heart in the name of the Holy Spirit. Because Lord, I trust, I trust your Holy Spirit working in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we need to pray that God helps us. Lord, we need help today. I'm telling you, this is a really interesting passage of scripture. Help us to hear what you've said and help us to listen to it instead of projecting our ideas into it. Help us to listen to what you said in Jesus' name. And this is what we pray. Amen and amen. What does this mean? Luke chapter nine. This is fascinating. The first five verses are interesting. Here's what the Bible says. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey neither staff nor bag nor bread nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Oh, this is fascinating. See, beloved, God takes note to how we react to Jesus Christ. How do people react to the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, this is not the time for us to argue about who Jesus is. This is the time to totally submit our lives to him. This is the time when we say, Lord, I want to come to you. And this is not the time to argue, was he just a man? Was he fully God, fully man? That's who he is because Jesus is coming back soon. I don't want anybody to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And so come to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I believe you are Lord. Jesus told his disciples, go and give this message. And how they respond to the message 
that will determine what their future will be. This is a time when we determine our eternal futures. I want you to think about that because it's important. Now let's go on to the scripture. Luke chapter 9, verse 6. Here's what it says. So they departed and went through the towns and preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod, the Tetrarch, heard of all that was done by him. And he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had risen from the dead and by some that Elijah had appeared and by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. Well, Herod said, John, I have beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? So he sought to see Jesus. Now, this is fascinating. Herod was a rebel who could not kill the word of God. This is not the time to ignore the word of God, but to hear and obey what it says. This is not time to ignore this wonderful word of God. Hear it. We just read part of it. Hear it. We're going to read the whole thing this year. That becomes very, very important. And so we need to keep that in our minds, fresh and locked in us. So we need to understand it. All right, let's go on. Luke chapter 9, verses 10, 11. Here's what it says. And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. And then he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city called Bethesda. Now, but when the multitudes knew it, they followed him, as they always did. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed those who had need of healing. Now, this is interesting because the third point is the people followed Jesus because he healed those who were desperate in need. Now, listen carefully. The Lord Jesus is about helping and healing people. The Lord Jesus Christ is not about crushing people and telling people, well, you didn't believe, so you're going you're gonna to go to hell. You're Well, that may be true, but the Lord Jesus came to save people. The Lord Jesus came to heal people and he came to help people. Let me me say it a different way. The Lord Jesus came to help you, you. The Lord Jesus came to heal you. The Lord Jesus came to give you eternal life. Will you accept it? Will you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord? It's very simple, a simple prayer. It goes like this. Pray after me, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again from the dead. And I make you Lord of my life. Help me today, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. And if you said that, if you believe that, if you trust in the Lord to help you and heal you, he will do that. Now, this is very important. You need to get in the Bible and find a place where you can get the Bible. You can always watch us here, so thank you for watching. But get in the Bible. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you clap and when you get excited, you are celebrating life. Do you understand that? 
Jesus Christ gave us life. But he promised that the Holy Spirit would be sent. All right, well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study. And my segment today is all about Luke chapters 9 and 11. Why? Because some critics have claimed that Jesus contradicted himself in these two passages. But if these skeptics had read these passages a little bit more carefully and in context, they would see that there is absolutely no contradiction here. Take a look. Does the Bible contain errors and contradictions? Many think it does. For example, skeptics claim that Jesus contradicted himself in Luke 9.50 and Luke 11.23. In Luke 9.50, Jesus says, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. However, in Luke 11.23, he says, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. These two statements seem to be contradictory, and Jesus' statement in Luke 9 also seems much kinder than does his statement in Luke 11. How can these two statements possibly be resolved? As Gleason Archer pointed out, the difficulty is greatly alleviated by the fact that virtually all the Greek manuscripts that are older than the 8th century AD do not read against us or for us, but rather against you and for you. So Luke 9.50 would read, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against you is on your side. Based on this reading, it is obvious that there is no contradiction between these two statements, since there is a very big difference between Christ himself and his disciples. Yet even if the original manuscripts did read against us and for us, there still would not be any contradiction. Indeed, in context, these passages are speaking of two totally different situations. In Luke 9, the disciples had forbade a fellow believer in Christ from casting out demons simply because he was not a part of their inner circle. It is in this context that Jesus said to his disciples, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. However, in Luke 11 is a series of hostilities and oppositions. Christ versus Beelzebub, kingdom against kingdom. Here Jesus warns the critics that a fateful decision must be made, either commit oneself to Christ or else to Satan. It is within this context which Jesus says, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. So not only do we see that there is no contradiction, but we're also told something extremely important. And that is that if we aren't for Christ, then we are against him. There is no sitting on the fence on this issue. And this isn't a game. We either gather with Jesus or we scatter. We either belong to Jesus or to Satan. There is no other option. Jesus leads to eternal life, but Satan to eternal death, which is separation from God forever. Sin has separated us from fellowship with God. But God loved us so much that he himself came in the flesh as Jesus Christ in order to live a perfect life, a life you or I could never live, and then to die for us as a perfect sacrifice so that we could be with him forever. And I ask all of you watching right now who haven't made Jesus Lord of your life to consider doing it in this very moment because time is running out. Make no mistake, the period of grace will eventually come to an end and life is so fragile and we aren't promised tomorrow. Every heartbeat, every breath, they're, they're a gift from God. So let's not miss our opportunity. And if you want to make Jesus Lord today, but you don't really know how to pray, then just follow me in this simple prayer. Just say, God, I confess right now that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
and I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. I repent. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Thank you for your free gift of salvation. I receive it now, and with your help, I will serve you the rest of my days. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. Very good. Uh, Come to Christ today. Very important. Okay, Corey, go for it. All right. Well, throughout the Gospels and throughout the book of Acts, there is a man named Herod who is mentioned. And while it's not immediately clear to us in the text itself, this Herod is actually three different men named Herod. And amazingly, outside of the Bible, there were a few more than this. But it's worth saying here that the original audience of these books would have known who was who since they lived through the lives and reigns or terms of these Herods. Now, some instances in the text do make a distinction by adding the Tetrarch, as in our reading today, and sometimes they use the less confusing name of a ruler instead of the name Herod, which helps a lot. But we largely need to learn from history to know who is who, and and we can know with very great confidence. Now, most people know the most famous Herod, King Herod the Great. And he's a really interesting historical figure who played his cards right with Rome. And he had control of Roman-controlled Israel called Judea at that point in history. So Herod the Great built up the land like no one else. And he was both famous and infamous. He was notorious for his erratic and cruel behavior even towards those closest to him. We're talking executing immediate family members kind of cruel. Now, Herod the Great is the Herod mentioned in the beginning of Matthew and Luke, the king who was ruling when Jesus Christ was born. He met with the Magi and had the infant boys of Bethlehem killed. Likewise, Luke chapter one tells us that Herod was king of Judea when John the Baptist and Jesus were conceived and subsequently born. And it's believed that Herod the Great then died in the spring months of 4 BC. Now, side note here, yes, that means that Jesus was born anywhere from 8 to 4 BC, before Christ. Now, this seeming discrepancy was a miscalculation of dates done by a Christian monk in the 6th century AD. And it's an unfortunate but honest mistake. And hey, now the date of Jesus' birth is even more memorable. But back to the point here, after Herod the Great's death, his area of control was split between three of his sons, Herod Antipas, Herod Archelaus, and and Tetrarch Philip, also known sometimes as Herod Philip II. Philip was a half-brother of Antipas and Archelaus, so he had a different mother. Herod Antipas was given the title of Tetrarch and ruled over Galilee and Perea throughout the life and ministry of Jesus. He ruled until his death in AD 39. So Herod Antipas is a major player throughout the Gospels. It was Herod Antipas who executed John the Baptist and also plays a part in the trial of Jesus. Now, Antipas didn't build as much as his father, Herod the Great, but he did found a couple of cities like Tiberias on the Sea of Galilee. Antipas's rule was peaceful and his territory seems to have prospered economically during his reign. Now, his brother Herod Archelaus was given the title of Ethnarch and his territory was Judea, Samaria, and Idumea. He only lasted 10 years though, before the Romans took more direct control and put a Roman governor in charge of that territory. Now, Archelaus isn't called Herod in the Gospels, but he does appear by name, Archelaus, in Matthew 2, 22. 
Joseph was bringing the Holy Family back to Judea from Egypt, but when he heard Archelaus was reigning, he decided to go to Galilee, where Antipas was ruling instead. See, Archelaus did not have a good reputation. The third son of Herod the Great to inherit power was Herod Philip II, or as he's mentioned in Luke 3 by his less confusing name, Philip the Tetrarch. And that brings us to the third Herod of the New Testament, Herod Agrippa I. Herod Agrippa I was a grandson of Herod the Great, so Antipas, Archelaus, and Philip II were his uncles. His uncle Antipas was also his brother-in-law, though, so it's a pretty twisted web. But Agrippa I's friendship with two emperors of Rome, Caligula and Claudius, saw him become king like his grandfather from AD 41 to his death in AD 44. Agrippa I is the Herod of the early chapters of the Book of Acts, persecuting Christians, executing the Apostle James, imprisoning Peter, and dying some sort of, of some sort of bowel disease after accepting praise as a god. Now, not to be too confusing, uh, there is also another King Agrippa in Acts at the end of the book. We have the Apostle Paul's trial in which King Agrippa comes to hear him. Now this is Herod Agrippa II, Agrippa I's son, who traveled famously with his sister Bernice, who is also named in the book of Acts. So there we have it, the three Herods in scripture, plus a few extra who are called by their other names. This is absolutely fascinating. I mean, <laughs> it really names, is. Lots of names, lots of Herods. Uh, and, and it shows you the twisting of the political structure in Rome at that time. Very good. Janice? Well, he sought to see him, and I'm talking about a Herod nice. <laughs> in this one, because we see here in the beginning of Luke chapter nine, Jesus called his 12 disciples and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. The scripture says he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And that's exactly what they did. When we get to verse six, it says, so they departed, that's Jesus' disciples, and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now in the middle of that account, we see then how Herod seeks to see Jesus. Because Herod, it says in verse 7, Herod the Tetrarch, which we've understood now from Corey who that is. Antipas. Antipas. Herod Antipas. <laughs> heard of all that was done by him, Jesus, and he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had risen from the dead. Others were saying that he was Elijah. Do you remember when Jesus asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am? And they were saying, well, some of them think you're John the Baptist. Some of them think you're a prophet. Some of them think you're Elijah. And then Jesus says, whom do you say that I am? I've gotten off track. I'm going to come back now. <laughs> but he had heard about all the things that were being done by Jesus and his disciples. And, and listen to what verse nine says. So Herod Antipas said, John I have beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? And the next line says, so he sought to see him. This was Herod. And you know, you, you might be saying, well, what is your point, Janice? My point is as disciples of Jesus, we are still called today we are still given authority through Jesus' name to pray for people. We don't do the healing ourselves, that's for sure. But through the power of God living in us, we can pray for others. And in the power of Jesus' name, they can be healed. We can go out 
and spread the gospel message, the good news. We can share our testimonies with the people around us, with our families, in our churches, in our communities, at work. We can do these things. And that will have others want to seek and see Jesus. Here is Herod, this highfalutin, high-class person who is hearing the rumblings of what's going on. And even he himself sought to see him. And so I just want to encourage us today, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, let's be a reflection of who he is. Let's use the power within us. That is, I'm talking about the name of Jesus Christ. As we pray for others, when we see people in in hopeless state, when they see the future and they're afraid, let's share the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us. That is what Jesus has done for us. He is freely given to us. Let us freely give. Yeah, that's really important. And that's part of what we're going to be sharing and talking about on October the 21st. Yes, which it is. We need to mention that you can join us on October the 21st uh, because we're going to be live at Faith Gospel Tabernacle in Brampton, Ontario, Canada from 1 o'clock till 5.30. like to meet you. And we're going to talk about, we each have presentations and we have question and answers. So they'll be able to answer, ask any question you desire. So, there may be a few um, Bible IQ questions thrown in there as well. <laughs> Very well. I don't have to answer them. No, so, it will be anybody them. who's there will be able to yes. answer. Yes, they're right. pretty good though. You you guys are pretty good. Uh, anyway, so and you'll have relief from that. So we'll go from <laughs> sweet. There. You yes. will have friends right there. Friends. But we need you. We need you to go to the website and register. It doesn't cost anything, but just go register so we know you're coming. That way we know how much coffee to make and all of that. So this is very important. It's a great facility. It's wonderful. And uh, we look forward to being with you uh, live, and it'll be really good. So I look forward to being with you, and we're preparing for it, and we just want to meet you, say hi to you, see how you're doing. It's not often, it's the first time we've done this, so it's not often we get a chance to do this, and I'm looking forward to this. We've done our live events here from the studio, but this is live to be with you. That's right. So go to our website, register, make yourself known. Just a few more days, I'm going to say this. If you're in the Ontario area or the New York area, we are going to be live on the 21st of October at 1 till 5.30 p.m. Faith Gospel Tabernacle. Be there. Go to our website and register because we want you to be there. It doesn't cost anything. We want to meet you and see you. Today, let's pray. Lord, I desire to know the healing power of your Holy Spirit, not just the physical healing power, the healing power in my life. 